Welcome, everybody, to the Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life podcast number 19. Thanks for listening. Appreciate everybody. Uh, a little bit of a glimpse into the life of the privateers and things that are going on with these guys. And, uh, of course, we all know they're the true heroes of the sport. And uh, especially when the guy like I have on the line right now is uh, beating factory riders at their game. That's even better and even sweeter. Uh, Pulpamex 17 is the code uh, for Race Tech engines and suspension now. They got engines as well, and they're, they're doing a good job with those guys. Since founded in 1984, Racetech has been an innovator in motorcycle suspension tech. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Racetech specializes in high-performance suspension parts, service, and setups, modifying the stock stuff to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Racetech. And as I said, mention Pulpamex to get a special listener discount on your suspension needs. And Racetech has been doing a great job with uh, a lot of privateers week in and week out. And uh, so many guys over the years have used it. it it's just silly. But uh, for now, let's uh, let's. Uh, Support race tech if we can. And let's talk to a guy right now that is absolutely killing the, the 450 MX class in Nationals. 13-13 at Washougal. Uh, at Millville, he pulls the whole shot, which we'll get to. And uh, had another good ride there. Southwick, a great ride from Minnesota. Henry Miller. What's up, Henry? How are you? Uh, not too bad. How about yourself? I'm good, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. I guess, first up, uh, I was surprised to see that you... You are working for Racer X right now at the 2018 RMZ 450 intro. Uh, you didn't want the week off, Henry, to relax? Uh, um, I mean, I'm going to ride anyway, so I might as well do something productive and uh, <laughs> have some fun and try out a new bike. Yeah, yeah, why not, right? You currently ride a Yamaha uh, outdoors and indoors you did as well, 250s. Uh, what do you think of the 18 RMZ? Um, I mean, just all the changes they've made to it, It's it's a phenomenal bike it's going to be probably probably one of the best 450s out there for 2018 but don't take my word for that i haven't rode any of the other ones Mm -hmm. but as of right now i really like that bike and um you never know you might see me on it next year yeah, they, uh, they've always turned good. They've always handled good. If they can bump up the motor a little bit and keep that Suzuki uh, turning, then that thing's going to be tough to beat. Uh, definitely, yeah. They added a little bit more power to it this year, and um, it's actually controllable power. So mm-hmm. it's real, it, They made it really easy to ride. Uh, they went back to the spring forks, and they, came, they, they got a new shock on there. Mm-hmm. And it's working. I mean, it works good if not better than my A kit that I'm running right now. Wow. That's a bold statement. Good to hear that, though. Um, <laughs> hey, definitely. So we've covered, we've covered some of this uh, during the year with my pulp cast, and, and I've written about this, but um, switching to 450s outdoors for you, uh, take, us, take us through that decision uh, for people who hadn't heard just some of the frustrations you were having in 250s and, and what finally made you say, hey, you know what, I'm just going to 450s. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um Coming off Supercross on the 250, going into straight into outdoors, uh, we had a lot of problems with motors. Nothing against the guy who was building them or anything. Um, we just couldn't keep them together. They mm-hmm. would go anywhere from three hours to 20. Well, then I had a week where, it, or the week before Colorado, I went through three motors in a week, and it was just tiring. I didn't have a practice bike in between the off weekend in Colorado and High Point. Mm-hmm. So I never rode. Um, we showed up to High Point. First moto, same thing happens in my race bike. We swap motors, put it in. Second moto, go out there, I finish. And then I get a motor for my practice bike finally. 
And the first day I'm riding it, not even two hours, and the rod snaps. And I just, I was kind of over it. I wasn't <laughs> having any fun anymore. I wasn't enjoying it. Called up Chaz, the guy who owns Trigger Racing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, can you bring me your 450? <laughs> and he uh, he brought it brought it on down and uh, rode it one day before Muddy Creek. Showed up on showed up Muddy Creek and uh, found out the frame was snapped in half. Oh jeez! So we did a <laughs> our luck. Hey, our luck stayed. I mean, our, I mean, our bad luck stayed for that first round, and we uh, finally got through it. But it's been a really good change for us. I think um, I'm I'm enjoying it, having mm-hmm. fun. I really like the 450 over the 250 in outdoors. I think it just fits my riding style a lot better and. I'm just having a blast doing my thing. Yeah, it's tough to compete against the factory teams on a 250. And again, nothing against the guy that was building your bike, but you also, but on top of trying to modify it to the to the ninth degree, you also got to keep the money. You got to have the money to keep the parts going and replace the parts because there's so much on the edge with compression and everything else that they wear out. And man, I've always said it's just. It's a losing game, man, um, and and I'm glad that you switched before it was maybe too late. But it's it's a tough deal for a privateer guy to race those teams. Yeah, definitely. Um, you just got to push the 250 to the limit, and it's still not going to be enough to run with the factory boys. No, nope. so might as well just get on the 450, save yourself a little bit money and mm-hmm. a little more money, and uh, just enjoy it. Now, are you still riding your buddy's bike, or did you get a new one? Um, so I'm riding his, for practice, I'm riding his bike. With a fixed frame, with the frame fixed, I guess. (laughs) Um, yep, I'm actually got my Supercross 250 frame on it, (laughs) but the motor's got probably, I don't know, at least a hundred hours on it. Uh Never had a crank in it. So just waiting for that, something to go wrong. Hopefully it doesn't, hopefully it holds up. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I went out and... With the help of my grandma, bought a used bike from a buddy of mine. It had like 20 hours on it, and we turned that into my race bike. Oh boy! Oh man! So, you're, so with grandma's money, you're going 13, 13 at Washougal on a bike that yep your buddy it was used. Um, yep. <laughs> what? Uh, but look, no matter. Okay, the bikes are, are easier. There's no doubt to maintain and and to compete against. But you're still riding great. Um, what is it? What is it about the bike? What is it about you? Do you feel like, like say you stayed on 250s, you wouldn't be going 13-13, I don't think. Um, what's What's been the adaption to the 450? Why has it been so so successful? Uh, I just think the way I ride the 450 just suits me so much better. Mm-hmm. I don't, I've never been the guy to ride the bike in the, like high up in the rev, which you have to do on the 250 is what, I mean, that's where most of the power is made. Right. Well, the 450, you can ride it in the mid and you can just, you can use instead of using all the gears. I mean, just second and third will work. You can make that work. And that's just, just how I like to ride. So it's making, just making it a lot easier on me. Are you, are you finding that your fitness is, getting a bit uh, taxed, or how is that compared to the bigger bike? Um, no, my fitness seems my fitness seems to uh, hold up, even though the bike weighs a little bit more. Uh-huh. By the end of the second moto, yeah, I feel it a little bit, but it's not 
as bad as what some people were saying it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that I was probably more fatigued on the 250 just trying to push it sure, to yeah. the limit and okay. just go 100% the whole moto. For okay. Sure. Yeah. So, all right. So it's not so bad. Are you surprising yourself with these rides uh, lately? Um. Honestly, at Southwick, I did surprise myself with ninth place. Uh huh. I came around last lap in the pit board, red ninth, and I was like, "There's no way <laughs> I, I'm seeing things." Right. And uh, I finished, and we, and then I uh, got back to the motorhome, and my dad and uh, Chaz got back there, and they're like. You finished ninth, and I was like, "No, you guys, you're, you guys feeling okay?" <laughs> I was like, "There's no way." Uh-huh. And uh, come to find out, I finished thirteen uh, nine for ninth overall, and uh-huh. just from there on out, uh, I knew that I could be around that top ten, and hopefully, I can in these last three rounds can stay there mm-hmm. and be there consistently. Hey, you're doing a great job so, for your national number. You're going to lower that thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I hope to get in the top ten a couple more times this year before it's over and get down in them low digits for next year. Uh, what do you, you like? It's it's Unadilla, Buds, and Indiana. How do you feel about those three tracks? Uh, uh, I love ruts, so Dilla is going to be really good. I mean, the weather is showing rain as of right now. Yeah, so I'm hoping a long it, way, just, long it rains. But yeah, I'm hoping it rains leading up to it. So it's like last year. But hey, I like ruts. It, mm-hmm. it always gets ruddy. Yeah. Um, it gets rough. Bud's Creek, on the other hand, last year, everyone was saying, oh, the track's so good. And we got there, and it was, I mean, it wasn't that good. It was hard. It was hard and slick. It was dry. But it's still a good track. And. Indiana is probably one of my most favorite tracks, so that one's going to be a good one. Can't yeah. wait for that. Yeah, yeah, they're all, yeah, they're all good tracks. I think that are left. I hope you come out at Dilla and beat Phil. I really do. That'd be great. Me too. <laughs> I hope I do too. He'll be really pissed. Oh, he'll be so so steamed, right? Um, yep, it'll be awesome. Hey, have you? Have you noticed some more attention going your way uh, from sponsors and teams and people like that, media also, um, with your great rides lately? Have you been a little bit busier? Um, yeah, definitely with the media side. It's been really busy, especially after Millville, you know, uh, whole shot and crash. But um, the sponsors, uh, most of them are, yeah, they're they're giving me more attention and helping me out a little bit more mm-hmm. and all, all on that side. But uh, other than that, nothing really – it's changing. Are you uh, are you trying to line up something for next year already, or what's your deal for next year? I mean, you got to strike while the iron's hot here, Henry. Yep, uh, we are trying to figure out stuff for next year and get everything lined up and um, good to go, just so we don't have to try to do it all after the fact that racing's over and yeah. people are starting to worry about next year we're trying to do it while iron's hot like you said yeah i know you've got a couple of nights and, and that's great and, and you rode well but i gotta say i i maybe was most impressed now i didn't go to millville but i was most impressed with that second moto because dude you whole shot by i mean you yarded everybody off the start that had to have been pretty cool until yeah that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> did you know you had it right out of the gate like you must have right you're like oh there's nobody around uh, here. <laughs> right out of the right out of the gate honestly i 
I was even with everyone. Uh-huh. And then I, as soon as I grabbed third, um, Wilson was a couple gates over. Me and him, Gap, and the other two people that were on each side of us. And then we got closer and closer to the corner, and I never let off. <laughs> My front tire was starting to come off the ground as we're like five feet from the corner. And I was like, well, I'm not going to stop, so mm-hmm. might as well go for it. <laughs> and uh, caught a little bank, and there you go. Next thing you know, I got the whole shot. Yeah. Um, dude, and you got lucky, dude, because, like, Villeman, I was saying this on one of my pulp shows, Villeman crashed in that same spot, maybe a little further, and he got run over by everybody and knocked him out for the year. And, I mean, you that could have happened to you. I can't believe that not only did you pick it up and, and get to the front. I mean, I don't know how bad your bike was bent up, but you didn't even get hurt. Yeah, it was it was crazy, honestly. Um, as soon as the front end dug in, the first thing that came to mind was who's who's behind me and who's going to hit me first. <laughs> right, right. Honestly, that was the first thing that came to mind was get just get to my feet and just try to get to my bike. I mean, just stay out of everyone's way so I don't get run over, but. Like you said, I've crashed there before, actually, in just a local race, and I got ran over by everyone, which is a whole 15 people, but yeah, still it hurt. Oh, yeah. No, dude, you, you had 39 dudes behind you, and you just got yeah. up. Now, how how bad was your bike from that? Um, My subframe was bent. My pipe was bent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I broke the crossbar pad clean in half on my handlebars. Oh, jeez. Um, and then, uh, let's see. That's about it. Dude, I was, but I was, like I said, I was probably most impressed with that ride because you went from a whole shot to almost dying to getting up with a bent bike and you still got 14th. Like, uh, I mean, I, again, I wasn't there, so I didn't see how long it took you to get going, but I imagine it was a little bit to let the adrenaline go down and everything. And, and then you worked your way up to 14th. That's pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I got up, grabbed my bike. It was still running, thankfully, but I mean, as soon as I got on it, I knew everything was bent. I could feel it. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't like take off right away. I kind of like rolled a corner, kind of got everything, kind of like made sure that I was <laughs> right, all good. Right. And then I took off and just tried to adapt to my bike. And it uh, ended up working out pretty good. Now, Millville is, I've raced it a ton and I've been there a ton. It's not easy to pass on, but you've, you've also, you know, you're from Minnesota, so you grew up on the place. Where's a couple of spots that you were getting, dudes? Um, I got a lot of dudes in the whoops. Did you? Yeah. And then going down the collarbone before the finish line. Oh yeah, yep. Just because it was so ruddy, like yeah. I mean, it was. It wasn't that I knew where I was going. It's just that <laughs> I was like, well, I'm gonna. I gotta pass this guy, and I can't wait all the way to the whoops. So yeah. I just would send it in a different spot than he would, and I'd get just get him. With your with your rides lately getting in the top ten and if not, you know, charging up to the end of the moto, I've always thought and tell me what you think, like you're probably I mean you're look, you're a consistent two fifty supercross main event guy. Uh it's not like, you know, you're national number eighty one and this isn't your first time around the block. But this is your first time racing with some of these guys in four fifty class. Do you almost have to be a little bit disrespectful to these guys and not think about some of the guys you're racing with? Uh, maybe change your attitude a little bit. I know from talking to other guys, they've told me that over the years. You have to be a little bit of like, I don't give a shit who you are. Honestly, when you're racing with them, mm-hmm. and they're, I mean, they're going to get mad at you that they don't just get to go right around you. Oh, for sure they nobody. are. Yep. <laughs> but 
I'm not going to let you go by. You're going to work for it, and I'll I'll take you to the fence if I have to. But uh-huh. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna work for it to get around me if you're going to go around me. Yeah, you're not just going to be like here, go. Yeah. I'm I'll I'll just follow you. No, you got to be aggressive. Yeah, you got to change your attitude a little bit towards these people, towards these guys, and uh, just let them know that you're there and you're not going to be pushed around. Right, yeah, they, it's a little bit of – so you've always had that attitude a little bit then. It's not something you've had to learn. Uh, you def, I, I learned it when I went pro. You right. have to just – you have to be – you have to have that attitude. Otherwise, they're going to push you around, mm-hmm. and that's just how it's going to be. Uh, what do you think's been your best moto this year? Um, I definitely think I, – I was – I felt good in the first moto at Millville when I got ninth. I wish I could have started up a little bit farther in the start on the first moto, but um, by the end of that moto, I think that was my best one. I caught uh, Sealy on the last couple laps, so I reeled him in, and I was I was feeling really good. Mm-hmm. It's just everything was kind of clicking off. And Dude, can you imagine if you would have held on to that holy at Millville? Man. Could have, done, oh. could have done some damage, huh, Henry? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I've heard that a time or two. <laughs> yeah, even really today. <laughs> um, yeah, you I mean, know. look, you got ninth and, you, you know, you've been top ten. Like, why not? Why couldn't you got a fifth or a sixth or something, right? Or even Definitely. better. Yeah. But, uh, hey, there's always another time. Yeah. See if I can get another hole shot. We got six races left. How worried you? How worried? Or well, I was going to say, have you noticed – some of the higher-paid guys, factory guys, getting a little pissed with you? Um, no, not nope. really. Yeah. Uh, they all seem. I don't. I don't see a difference in them. Yeah. But I don't always see the other side of them when they're sure. off the track. I mean, I've gotten a few revs here and there in practice and right. in motos, but oh well. Yeah. That's. I'm not worried about it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Race Tech Privateer Island Life podcast number nineteen with Henry Miller, who's a Minnesota guy who's been absolutely killing these uh, these na- these forty motocross nationals. Pulpamex seventeen is the code to save at Race Tech. We thank the folks at Race Tech. Um, how stoked were you to uh, to race and beat Alex Ray so handedly at Washougal? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, <laughs> I I got a I did like a top field burnout off the gate, so mm-hmm. he got the jump on me since he was right next to me. Yep. And I gave him a little nudge when I went by going down the whole shot. <laughs> nice. And, uh, no, all day, Ray. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. um, hopefully we can race him more. But we'll see. Has Andy White been calling with more gear for you? That's all I gotta know. He has um, to be. I'm getting more gear now than I was before. <laughs> if you notice, I've got I've got more 18 stuff than the rest of them. Right. So, right. Oh, Andy. A-Ray was a little jealous. (laughs) I know that happens, right? Um, Yeah. uh, So, hey, what was it? Racing in Millville, we talked about ninth. You talked about your whole shot and everything else. How many friends and family did you have there? Was it a little nutty to try to focus on everything? Um, There was – our pit was flooded from, I mean, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. When everybody else was gone, everybody – was still standing around our, our motorhome and stuff. Right. But uh, it it honestly wasn't that hard to focus. Mm-hmm. I I know 
what I need to do and what I need to focus on and uh, when to give time to other people. And I just managed that correctly, and it yep. all worked out. So how, how how stock is your bike? Because you're at Yamaha. You talked about buying it used and everything else. Obviously, suspension is done, and motor motors are really fast on those things. So have you done? Have you added more power? Have you tried to tame it out on the Yamaha? Uh, what kind of stuff have you done to your race bike? Um, we put a different crank in it just so because we didn't know we put a Carrillo rod in it just to uh-huh. be safe so we didn't break a rod or anything like that. Um, other than that, we did cams just to try to mellow out off the bottom. Yep. And then it has a ignition on it. Right. Just tuned so it is so it's more mellow too. Yeah. It's otherwise, like, I can't. Yeah. Can't hang on to the thing. Pulls you out, right? Like pulls you pulls your arms off. Yeah, pretty much. Or you'll go over backwards, and you'll be you'll be that guy sitting on the gate, flipped over. <laughs> I know that's what, like we talked about earlier with the RMZ. Like if these if these guys can get close to that motor, and the Yamaha is a bigger bike; it's a wider bike. So if you can get a little narrow chassis, a little bit but better turning of a bike, and come close to the Yamaha power, you've got a pretty good machine. Most definitely, uh, they definitely figured out how to get more power and. Even better yet, usable power on this new bike. So it'll be interesting to see what bike is the best mm-hmm. come next year. So let me ask you this: with the success in the 450 motocross class, what about 450 supercross, Henry? What about what about, um, what about trying that? I've I've been asked that quite a few times already, mm-hmm. and the answer there is uh, I'm going to take a week or two off after outdoors. And then I'm going to come back down to club and ride the 450 on Supercross and just kind of dabble around on that for a month or so and see how that goes. If I really like it, you never know. You might see me on the 450 come A1, but I could be riding the 250. It all depends on what things we get lined up and uh, Mm -hmm. how I feel on the bike. I've said this 800 times and written it 8,000 times. Henry. Just go to 450 Supercross. The purse money is so much better. To just jump in, even if you don't make the main events, which you know you, you, I think you can. Um, even getting the LCQs, man. Like I just, you got to make a living at this sport. And to me, if your second, third year pro and you know pro circuit and Geico aren't calling, then get to a class where you can make some real money. In my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you make a little bit more. More money running the 450 and Supercross. So. Oh yeah, and then you know, I gotta, don't know. You know, you got to worry about uh, about up upkeep and everything else. Yeah, you ain't gonna stick eight or nine grand into one motor. No, no, not, not at all. The motor, <laughs> not at all, man. Um, hey, uh, down there, you're at the you're at Club MX a lot, right? Um, what's it like yep. in the summer? Like, who's there? Like, Supercross is over. Like guys like Brayton and. And uh, A. Ray Clayson's doing Canadian Nationals. I don't know how much he's staying. Like, how many guys are riding there? Um, so there's a bunch of amateur kids, obviously. Yeah. But uh, right now, well, start of outdoors, it was me, McAdoo, Cade was coming back during the week, mm-hmm. so he was riding during the week with us. It was Osby. Uh, Brayton would come a couple times a week, every mm-hmm. once in a while, just to ride with us, and. Let's see. I think that's about it, really. Right. There's there's not many pros for summer this year. Like last year, there was at least I think there's ten of us. Oh, okay. Every day. This year, it's 
four or five mm-hmm. if we're lucky. Because Osby's out. Yep. McAdoo's hurt. Yep. Um, Brayton's about to start riding Supercross. Yep. So it leaves me and Cade. Really? So uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's about <laughs> I'm just it, riding right? with amateur kids mainly. Um, which <laughs> yeah, how's that? That's good. Yeah. It's good for your confidence. There's some bad for... ones. <laughs> they... There's some scary ones, dude. All they do is pin it on the two of the F and just try to scrub everything. <laughs> just like pretty much. <laughs> Um, hey, I, I might have asked you this on an earlier show, so forgive me if I did, but uh, a guy like Brayton who rides a club, and even even the 800 is out there as well, like in Supercross. Um, can you learn from those guys? I mean, look, you're 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 already into your pro career. You know, you're not a rookie anymore. But can you learn from from a guy like Brayton or even Mike and and ask pull them aside and ask them stuff, or do they come over to you, or does that, does that, I always wonder if that if that's how it works or. I mean, because Brayton's one of the nicest guys out there, and he's you know he's come from humble beginnings. It's not like he was always some sort of factory guy. But uh, what's that like? Um, Justin and Mike both, uh, if they see that there's something that they could help us with, mm-hmm. they would actually when we'd pull over, they would be like, "Yeah, you can do this and this. You can change that." Or I mean, even just sitting on the side of the track watching them do it, you yep. can pick up on things. Okay, they really like to help. They're not those guys that are like, oh, I don't want you to be faster than me. Right. So they they were always giving us tips. Everyone, I mean. That's awesome. It didn't matter who. Yeah. Everyone shares advice at club. Yeah. When we ride Supercross, motocross, whatever it is, we're always helping each other. Right. One thing that, um, let me ask you if this is something you've learned too. And I've, I've found this with, with guys over the years. Like, so you start your, you start your racing career and, you know, you're bicycling and you're practicing and, you kind of and Pingree's talked about this too, although although this was different when Pingree was coming up, but but he's talked about this also. You kind of like nobody really takes you and shows you how to practice and how to train and how much to do and how much not to do. Um, is that a case of you've learned and say say you've learned practice intensity from a guy like Brayton or training intensity or 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 what Brayton maybe doesn't do maybe he doesn't do as many miles as you um is that kind of stuff has that opened your eyes a little bit to where you're like wow I, you know everyone just assumes more laps and more time and this and that but it's not always it's sometimes it's it's a quality instead of quantity um honestly um last year to this year I've kind of learned just go off on how my body feels. Uh-huh. And so me and Brandon, a uh, trainer, owner at club, yep. we kind of just talk and we're like, okay, well, if I feel like this on this day, we're only going to do this. If I feel great, well, we'll do the full day yep. and uh, see how I feel tomorrow and just kind of take it day by day, really. We don't, we're not like, okay, this set yeah. schedule, you're doing this no matter how you feel. Did, did you used to do that? our body. Did you used to do that? Um, just the same thing every day? Uh, last year in Supercross, I tried to just ride as much as I could in the week, during uh-huh. the week, and uh, I think it just took too much out of me. Yeah, yeah, you don't so, even realize it, right? Yeah. Yeah, you think you're doing more good than harm, but honestly, mm-hmm. you're doing more harm than good. Yeah, I get that from talking to guys over the years, you know, that, that there's a there's a balance. where I think we're learning more about rest and everything else, especially like you know, we just did a stretch of six nationals in seven weekends or something. Like, that's a lot of work, man, in the, in the heat and humidity. Oh, most definitely. The heat itself takes energy out of you. I mean, you need you need to rest. People don't realize that rest is actually really beneficial mm-hmm. and almost 
more beneficial than hard work. Yeah. I mean, I mean, long as you're doing hard work, you need to rest just as much. Right. Um, tell me a little bit about your sponsor, your team. Uh, I talked to the guy at, at Redbud for a little bit. I don't know if that was your mechanic or team guy or, or what, but tell me a little bit more about that or tell, tell us a little bit more about the people that help you. Um, Chaz, uh, he owns Trigger Racing. He, it's Trigger Racing is just a name that he came up with. Okay. He's my mechanic. He's the driver. He pays for it. Um, oh, he wow. does everything himself. He works on the bikes. I mean, he does it all. Um, other than that, I mean, we just have, like, I got all my gear sponsors, FXR, Showy, mm-hmm. EBS, like all them people. But he he does it all. I mean, he is the main man. If it That's wasn't awesome. for him, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And I probably wouldn't be doing as good as I am right now. Yeah. So I got to give it up to him for sure. Now, where does he get the funding from for this kind of stuff? What does he do for in for real life? Um, he works like crazy. Uh, he owns a spray foam insulation company. Oh, okay. But he does, that's his night job. So okay. he works, um, from seven to five, Monday through, well, Thursday when we're racing. Right, whenever you gotta leave. He works, yeah, um, so Monday through Thursday, he works seven to five, and then six to midnight 2 a.m he'll go spray foam when he has jobs oh wow so he uh um like the other week he told me he was up to i want to say 70 hours by the end of wednesday night oh wow guy's a hero something like that yeah yeah i don't know if it was 70 but it was it was was, close to 70 it was was, something nutty yeah he definitely didn't sleep very much um yes well, hey, nice work uh, this outdoor season. This is the Race Tech Privateer Island Life podcast. Uh, Race Tech suspension, use the code PulpMX17 when you're uh, checking out or when you call down there and they'll dial you in for suspension or motor or anything else. Henry, I know you're dialed, but if you ever need something, Race Tech is there. They're friends of the privateers, Henry. Just want to let you know that. Awesome. Um, <laughs> so, do you see yourself in 18? Do you see yourself staying down there at club? Uh, yeah. I'm yep. going to. I'm. Just trying to live here full time and um, really just hammer it out for these next few years and see what I can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like one of those things where California would be nice, but it's also not your home and expensive to stay there and got to find places to ride and everything, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I just pay Brandon for a month. I live there. I eat dinner there. I ride there. I do mm-hmm. everything there. It's all right there. I don't have to get my vehicle drive here, drive there, pay for this day, pay for that day, you know, like that kind of stuff. It really, uh, it makes it easier, really. What are we thinking about the USGP? Any chance of you going down there? Um, Not far, right? It's, I think it's five and a half hours yeah. to WW from club. There you go. I've thought about it. Um, we're kind of, it's kind of up in the air right now. Right. We're, we just really got to get through these last three nationals and then um, <laughs> see focus, what happens. Focus on that, right? Yeah. Um, set the task on hand. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, Henry, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it, man. You've been killing it in 450 nationals, and I wanted to talk to you. I, we have already had you on this show a couple times with, with those other goofballs, but I really wanted to touch on base, touch base with you because you've been a real surprise, and it's been an awesome story. And damn, I wish you hadn't crashed in the second motor hole shot at Millville. But um, 
Thanks well, for doing this, man. Appreciate it. And, and continue good luck, and, and uh, I'll definitely see you at the races, man. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Steve. Thanks, Henry.